Hello, feely humans. Welcome to another episode of You, Me, Empathy. My name is Known Wells. I am the host and creator of this podcast. I'm also the founder of The Feely Human Collective, where we, us messy, mushy humans, grapple with the wonders of empathy, vulnerability, and emotional curiosity. Hi, I'm so grateful you're here. Welcome to anyone who is new that's listening. Hi, welcome. This is a soft, feely space. Your soft heart is welcome here. Your feelings, however big they are, are welcome here. And for those who've been listening for a long time and know me and all that stuff, hi, welcome back. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving a rating and review. That does help out the show, truly. If you like this podcast, if you like my conversations with beautiful humans like Nora McInerney, uh, please leave a rating and review. It does help out the show. So, uh, before we get to it, uh, just a couple of things. Um, I am not a therapist. I am not a mental health professional. I am a feely boy who does a lot of silly things and had an angry childhood and uh, youth uh, world. I toilet papered a lot of houses. Um, that was a thing I did. I did some vandalism, you know, stuff that I'm, I don't love. I don't love that I did that, but I did. And I'm sure you can relate because we all change and we have to change. And that's what we do. And uh, I talked to Nora about that. So that's the disclaimer. If you need help, if you are struggling, seek counsel with a therapist or someone you trust, someone who feels safe, someone you can talk to. Um, so the other uh, thing I wanted to mention up top is uh, there's a content warning here. Uh, suicidal ideation, grief, and death are mentioned, but in like funny, only, uh, you know, Nora-like ways. So that's the content warning the other thing I need to mention is that please subscribe to the newsletter. If you can uh, go to feelyhuman.co, click the banner at the top, uh, subscribe to the newsletter. I uh, that's, that's the best way to stay in touch. Or you can follow on Instagram at yumiempathy or at feelyhuman. Uh, the best place, though, uh, to learn about the upcoming community, the membership community I am building that is launching in January of 2023, uh, subscribe to the newsletter. It's going to be exciting. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot of progress there and um, very excited. It's going to be a place with ongoing events, you know, content, uh, access to me, uh, matching on one on one matching, just a place to uh, be seen in all of your beautiful wholeness. So, subscribe to the newsletter, and uh, th that's the spiel. That's the admin spiel. Uh, this episode, I'm very excited. This episode is with Nora McInerney, the author of many books, but most recently, the book that just came out last week, Bad vibes only. Uh, the book is wonderful. Nora is wonderful. I recently drove up to Los Angeles to see Nora's uh, live show of Terrible Thanks for Asking at The Regent in LA, and it was just goddamn delightful. It was wonderful, and Nora is a delight. I got to meet her, give her a hug. She was showing off her abs. Uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was great. And I'm so, like, I just, I just, uh, so grateful to have Nora on the show. Like, the funny thing is, I reached out to her 
maybe in the first year of Yumi Empathy back in 2018, maybe 2019, and it just didn't happen then, and it happened now. We were able to make it work. We talk in this episode about why nothing matters and everything matters all at once, the tension between your personal value and what you create, the loneliness of being an adult, Nora's grief, um, and how that has impacted her capacity for empathy, we talk about and uh, are interrupted by Nora's ancient Shih Tzu, Stacy, interrupted with her barfs. Uh, that happens, so look out for that. Uh, I tell a very personal and deeply embarrassing story that happened to me recently about, uh, you know, me telling a big fat lie. So look out for that. We talk about uh, how Nora is now the owner of Terrible Thanks for Asking. It used to be on public radio or public media has had partial ownership of it. Now Terrible Thanks for Asking is all Nora's and how the process for Nora has been just like a very Taylor Swift situation. So talk about that. We talk about how Nora's last job will be a mail carrier. We talk about why human connection is everything. We talk about how uh, a youth group leader once told Nora that sin was like a game of checkers and so much more. Just a wonderful conversation that's wayward and beautiful and empathetic and vulnerable and uh, just grateful for Nora for being a human in the world for writing Bad Vibes Only, which you can get anywhere books are sold. I recommend bookshop.org or your local bookstore. Support local bookstores. Support Nora as a writer, as a human, as a feely human. Yeah, subscribe to Terrible Thanks for Asking, Nora's pod. And uh, the show notes for this episode, as always, are at feelyhuman.co. feelyhuman.co. Okay, let's get to the episode, shall we? This is a wonderful one. This is Bad Vibes Only with Nora McInerney. Welcome to You, Me, Empathy, the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective. On this show, we explore the struggles, the triumphs, the brights, and the darks we we face as humans trying to be human on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. And part of being human is messing up this intro, which I'm just going to keep doing. You, Me, Empathy was created so that we can be witness to our collective humanity through the lens of empathy vulnerability, and emotional curiosity. We aim to destigmatize mental health, lead fiercely with our hearts, feel our feelings without shame and judgment, and share our courageous stories so that others may feel less alone and more connected as feely humans. You, Me, Empathy is a brave place designed to inspire the beauty in each of us because each of us, in all of our kaleidoscopic parts, makes up a magical whole that deserves to be seen. 
Today, I am feeling all of the feelings because I'm here with creator and host of Terrible Thanks for Asking, author of many hilarious and beautiful books, including her latest essay collection, Bad Vibes Only, and probably the person who loves a late hotel checkout more than anyone on the planet. It's Nora McInerney. Hello, Nora. Hello. Hello for me in this um, ancient Shih Tzu who will be groaning into the microphone. She comes to life only and only. If and only if I'm recording something. <laughs> Otherwise, she's she's passed out on the floor 23 hours a day unless there's a microphone on, in which case she needs me urgently. Oh, my so. I mean, this is, a, this is a pro dog podcast. I have two dogs myself. So what's the Shih Tzu's name? Her name is Stacy, and I am her emotional support animal. She offers yes. me no support whatsoever. I am on this earth to support her Aww. and her needs. I mean, yes. I mean, it should go the other way around from time to time. It really should. Every time yeah. I see it, you know, I'm like, did it, did that animal consent to being our emotional support? Did they? Yeah. I, you know. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. We're, don't they have enough to worry about? We don't. We don't deserve them. We, we don't really deserve don't. Them. Yeah. So Nora. The way this show goes, um, we always kick off with an emotional check-in. I know you're mm-hmm. like familiar with this, so I'm going to ask you, and I need you to plumb the depths of your humanity oh. and your heart. How are you feeling? In this exact moment, I'm feeling so good. Uh, the ride has been wild, and I will say that Maybe, probably not even a month ago, I was just having such regular, intense panic attacks. I own the podcast that you just mentioned, finally, after almost six years. Big news. This book is coming out. We're going on a tour. Um, It's These are all like things that I would have not even been able to dream of 10 years ago, 20 years ago. As a child, I would have been like, what's a podcast? But- all of these things are such good things. These are objectively, you know, the, the kind of thing that you say congratulations to someone for. And it all felt so overwhelming that I would wake up in the middle of the night and like, I would just be telling my husband, like, I want to die. Like, I want to mm-hmm. fucking die. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I just want you to do it. You know, I just want you to like find the reset button at the back of my skull, press it. I would like a coma. Take or, this I don't pillow. Know, take something, push it yeah. down. If I fight, no, I'm not. Like it just was so, these feelings were so, so intense. And I'm having fewer of those, but I am still, um, you know, making anything, making anything, especially for like a long period of time, a short period of time, anything, putting anything out into the world, it does require like just almost a constant assessment Mm. of your perceived value. Mm. It's really, really hard to pull those things apart. You know, the way that your work is going and your own personal value. And I would love to blame that on, you know, oh, like a creator economy, a gig economy, any of this stuff. Um, But no, like I was like that even when I worked in a cubicle and had like 360 reviews about right. writing tweets for great clips. You yeah. know, I was, I've always been like that. <laughs> like that's a, I think it's a personal thing. Yeah. I mean, I relate to that. I, I struggle with, I mean, just generally self-esteem stuff, right? 
feeling like I, I don't deserve uh, good things or joy or joyful experiences. Uh, uh, but I'm here to tell you, you do. And I do. I, <laughs> I mean, you when know you hear, that intellectually. Well, when you hear someone else say it too, you're like, no, 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 no. Don't feel that way. You know, it's like when you hear someone else say like, oh my God, I just don't want to be alive. It's like, oh my God, dude, no, no, no. And when you're feeling it, you're like, yeah, dude. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's just, that's just us armoring up. That's just us projecting. That's just us like, let's do anything we can to like put it off of ourselves because it's easier to put it on someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It's real like you know yeah oof oof so yeah it's been it's been really heavy which is also so strange because it's like a happy time of year right it, it's been summer the kids have been home we've been like having fun or they've been having fun and i've been like locked in this office being like oh my god what have i done what have i done i'm now like responsible for all this stuff like uh, and it's like geez louise this dog is groaning i think i'm pretty sure zoom mutes out dog groans but i can hear it right now and uh well i'm gonna add in like enjoying it yeah just extra dog groan like (laughs) Like, it doesn't even sound like a dog it sounds like just sounds like the old woman she is just (laughs) i love it i mean number one shih tzu podcast yumi empathy so do you I mean, it is a big thing. Terrible things for mm-hmm. asking. Huge show, you know, with uh, you know, public media, right? For a while, mm-hmm. and now, yes, yes, now it it's was. you. Like, yes. what? Yes. How did that come to be? Why did that come to be? Oh, so it's just a very Taylor Swift situation. It's just a very Taylor Swift situation. <laughs> You're gonna and have I believe to that... en- enlighten me. You're gonna have to educate yeah. me oh, there. Oh God. Okay. I mean, Taylor Swift did not own her albums, her first six albums. Oh wow. Yeah. So, and that would shock anyone, right? Like she yeah. wrote it, she made it. How, how, how is she not the owner of those albums? And, um, I do believe that if you create something, uh, and you pour yourself into it and its success is a direct reflection of who you are and the work that you've done, that you should own it. Mm-hmm. And so now I do. And that was a very long, 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 long and emotionally taxing process, but, um, but I have it now. And now a whole new emotionally taxing process <laughs> begins, which is, um, you know, I was an English major, not a business major. Same. You English know, major. yeah. Yeah. Can I, I'm here for, I'm here for the, uh, I'm here for let's, the analysis. Let's talk right? about here Dante. For the, let's yeah. talk about, I don't know, Jonathan Swift. A I'm modest here for the proposal. Talk, right. I'm here for the talk of yeah. it. I'm not here for I'm like, oh, 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 there are all these other details that suddenly I need to one, learn what they are. A lot of stuff I just was not aware of before. And so it's like a, a huge, huge, huge learning process. And hence that overwhelm. Yeah, hence the overwhelm, right? Like yeah. you just want to be, or at least I want to be. I want to be good at things, you know, and I want to be good at things as fast as possible. And so it's very, of course. you know, even very though I'm human. like, I look at my children every day and I'm like, it's okay. You just don't know it yet. It's okay. It's okay. You're nine. You're literally not supposed to know everything. I'm 39. I'm not supposed to know everything. And yet, and yet. 
you're saying I'm Nora, I'm the person who has to know everything and be best at everything, and therefore that excludes me from any sort of scrutiny or 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 judgment or whatever because because I'm the best and mm. I'm the goodest. Oh, I think like it's the opposite. I feel like it's mm. like that. I get more like I am deserving of every insult and every bit of scrutiny because I should know. I should know. I should know. I'm not. I should never make a mistake ever, 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 ever. Fine. If someone else does it, if I do it, what a loser. What a loser. Have you always been like that? Because that's that's a tough. That's Absolutely. A tough yes. Absolutely. Yes. I've been like that since probably the day I was born. Um, I was actually just talking to my mom about this, about that this morning. And I was going through, she made my baby book when I was, she delivered it to me when I was 37 years old, just a baby. And there's all these notes that I wrote her, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like five years old, writing like apologies, writing these like overwrought apologies for like being a child, you know? And uh, yeah, it's really, really intense. And you know, there's who knows how much of it is wiring, how much of it is nurture versus nature. But, um, you know, our dad was a complicated man, and he was uh, he he went to Vietnam when he was a child. He was 17 years old. Right. He was 17 years old when he went to Vietnam, and came back to an unfeeling, uh, unsympathetic country mm. that still does not truly care for people's health and mental health right? and sort of had to just figure out how to uh, hide those wounds on his own. Mm. And uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's very normal for adult children of alcoholics, for children, children of alcoholics, um, for people who are being raised by traumatized people to to want to be as, as good as possible, to want to be as perfect as possible, to really have like very, very little, little tolerance for their own humanity. So, um, and, and I think, you know, my, my siblings are really similar to me. (laughs) Like they really are, you know, Mm. um, which is, uh, you know, a bummer because I think they're all great. Yeah. It feels unsustainable to me, Nora. Oh, it's totally unsustainable. I think like once a, not even once a year. It's like, I I mean, I have like periodic, like just moments where I'm like, oh my God, I have to like, I have to stop everything. You know, like I have to pull the plug on everything. I've got to, I've got to delete my entire existence off the internet and go be a mail carrier, which absolutely is my exit strategy. That will be my, that will be my last job. Um, Great benefits. Lots of time outside. Yes, lots of interactive, walking. lots of walking, lots of dog interaction, lots of dog interaction, lots of just like I just like the idea of like really like having a lot of like connection with, you know, a neighborhood. Like mm. it's such an intimate thing to like walk up to somebody's house. You know, I don't it know. I, I uh, and you know, I I I always say hi to my mail carrier because um, I work at home, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I'm sure you know. You're like, wow, I haven't seen a person in a minute. <laughs> I haven't seen a person who's not my family in a minute. So you've talked about this recently, like the loneliness of being an adult. And then especially an adult who works at home, which as I do as well, got to tell you this. So I I did this thing that's 
deeply embarrassing just last night. So I used to play soccer for the longest time. I, I played it. I got a soccer scholarship to college, all of that. Damn. Wow. Wow. (laughs) In high school, my team was the number one team in the nation. I know I'm patting my own back. So wow, I hadn't played in like seven, eight years. Yeah, Um, I'm 41. And so I like, you know, I have like hip issues, you know, you know, it, it just happens as you get older. So I was like, go, I, I was invited by a friend of my wife, Jessica's, this guy named Brent, uh, to this pickup game. And I, you know, I was anxious. I, I have some social anxiety. I'm an introvert. Uh, it's my first time, you know, it's my first time, like, really like engaging with a lot of people yeah. um, and all strangers, right? So we play this pickup game. I think it was like nine v nine or something, and I was I I did well, and you know I, it was fun and et cetera et cetera, <clears throat> and we were winning, and it was toward the end. My team was winning, and one of the guys on the other team said, you know, was kind of complaining, and he said, "This is not fair." You know, virtually everyone on your side is under forty, and I I just blurted out, "I'm forty five." I'm not 45. I don't know why I said that. And and then he said, wait, you're really 45? And I doubled down. I said, yes. And it gets worse, Nora. After the match, he's telling everyone, this guy's 45. He plays like he's 25. And then he's like, just so happens I have a 45 and older league I would love for you to be a part of. And at that point, I'm like freaking out internally. I'm like so... Sh- full of shame and embarrassment. I don't know what to do. So I just like keep it going. Cause at that point I can't say, sorry, I was just, I, I don't know why I said I'm 45. I'm actually 41. Um, I love this. He got my number. So if God. he, if he texts me, I'm just going to like cop to it and just say, I mean, I'm already copying to it on air, Yeah, but like, I'm yeah. just going to tell him like, I don't know why I said that some social anxiety, just like, but I, I think a part of it, it was like a little bit of defensiveness and like maybe even ego because I was feeling defensive for my team. Like I was feeling, I don't know why it was just in the moment I said 45. Oh, no, 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 no. Where is she? She's throwing. No. Ah! Oh, throw up on the carpet. Yeah. Uh, it's always the carpet. Oh, Stacy. What a fun time. Oh my God. Poor Stacy. Oh. They, they always manage to do it on the carpet. Always on the carpet. I'm like our whole house is concrete. Oh, Could you? Yeah. yeah. You got to find the soft spot. Else? Yeah. I'm convinced it's, they, they don't want the, the backsplash. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want this. Well, she, and yesterday she whizzed while I was literally standing right next to her. I was like, you could have asked. I would have taken you up. I was literally holding her like a baby. This is good content when you do an episode of outtakes. Okay. So. Oh, God. Okay. I love that you did that. I love that you did that. I know that feeling of just like saying something because it, it like in the moment, it also like feels true, right? Like you're like, no, I am 45 actually, right? Well, you round it, up. It's a rounding up, but it's also like, yeah. hey, I'm 41 and I'm like, I'm doing well here. I'm competing with like some 20 year olds and it felt good. Right. So I was, I was, I think it was part ego. Yeah. But yeah, it's, part ego. it's part of like, it also, it's like, 
it's such a weird thing. And I think everybody does that and no one says it out loud. So I'm very proud of you. I think that's a cool thing to say. No one admits that. No one admits that. Everyone's like, no, that never happened. I don't think, did I say 45? I think I said 40. Five is my favorite number. I said 40 comma five is, you know. Well, I don't, like, that's the thing. You're right. Like, that's another lie and also gaslighting. And I don't want to yeah. do that to that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Anyways, wanted to share that embarrassing moment um, because this is uh, a feely place full of um, feely things. So, you've also mentioned, Nora, and I deeply relate to this, that... that um, like I, I also feel a deep overwhelm a lot and that overwhelm makes me want to shut down. And you said somewhere, I don't remember where, something along the lines of like, nothing matters, so why try? Yeah. And I, I feel that deeply as someone, like, I think what's interesting about it, and, and maybe it's the depression too, I struggle with depression, is like I am a deeply passionate person. And I know you are too. Like you have a huge heart. You care deeply about people and humanity and making the world a better place. And we feel like nothing matters. Isn't that an yeah. interesting thing? Like I think it, maybe it is yeah. the, the plight of the, the feely human to have those two, Maybe they're not oppositional forces, but it's this strange juxtaposition. Yeah, it's they're not oppositional unless I don't really know how anything works in the world, so I don't know why I would. But it's like it just it's like a vortex, right? Where it's like nothing matters, so why try? Also, nothing matters, so why not try? Also, everything matters. Yes. So why try? Also, everything matters. So why not do it? It's just it's all like mixed together. It's like a mix and match, and I cannot predict. What day I will feel what? Yes, I feel that. You know, I think I, yeah, I, uh, even though I like, I keep track, like I've got this like way that I journal where like, you know, I, but I guess I just, I'm I'm not very good at the analysis part of it. <laughs> do you feel like, are you, are you, do you believe in God? I wonder if I do. Hmm. I have before. Right, right. Um, Grew up Catholic, right? Yeah, yeah. And then for a long time, I was like, no, sorry. And then uh, and then for a few years there, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I I feel weirdly defensive of God when people don't believe in God. I'm like, hey, okay. yeah. hey, come on. Come on now. That's interesting. What? You know, I've got a nine-year-old who uh, who is uh, – I mean, they all uh, the the little kids went to Lutheran preschool. So, mm. and and the things that they retain from that are so strange. Like, the littlest one will say, "Like God's dead, God's dead," because everyone killed him and they nailed him to a cross. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's an intense. The crucifixion is an intense story." Heavy to be Nietzsche telling vibes <laughs> with your nine year old. <laughs> right, God's dead, and he's but he's going to come back. But no, he won't. Then he'll disappear forever. I'm like, wow, okay. So the things that they were, but the things that they recall from that or that they have remembered are so interesting to me, but I was trying to explain to our nine-year-old who has children, who has friends like of all kinds of different faith backgrounds or no faith background, which I love and explaining to this kid why 
like the concept of God. And he was like, Oh, Oh, like he was like embarrassed by it, mm-hmm. you know? And it, that kind mm. of made me sad. Mm. Even though when I look back at me being nine years old and sitting in a church pew, being afraid God would be able to read my mind and know that my mind was wandering. That's sad too. It is that's sad. sad. Yeah. That's sadder that I thought that like, the judgment, I never thought my goodness was innate. I thought mm. that it was highly, highly subjective. And even though I remember singing like, Jesus loves me, this I know, like that song, I never thought God loved me. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. I was like, and no one, I don't even remember people saying that, like God loves you, like you are good. And the first time I heard that was like from a bunch of Lutherans when I was, you know, after my husband Aaron had died, and I was like, yeah, maybe I can be a Lutheran, right? Because that was the first time I'd heard something like that, right? Like there's this like innate goodness in you mm-hmm. that some all-knowing force recognizes and puts there. And somehow I and by the way, I know plenty of Catholics who are like, what the shit? We say that too. I'm like, I never heard it. Never heard it. Never heard it. In fact, felt the opposite way. I remember being in yeah. a in a uh youth group, which is, I think, one of the more toxic situations that you can put a, a child into is a is a uh, Christian-based youth group. And our youth group leader had said that sin is like checkers when you king a checker, right? And there's two checkers on it. From the okay. top, you can't tell, right? So oh. from the top, whether you, you know, are rude to your mom or you stab someone to death, it's all the same sin to God. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a lot of pressure. I was like, okay, then I guess I'll stab someone. Like what yeah, this it was little, such a, I was like, yeah, what lesson oh do you want me to to take out of this? It was just so strange. And yeah, so I don't know. I I mean, I sometimes I think it's like undeniable to me, right? Like there mm. like you have these moments, or I have these moments, I should say, where there's just so much beauty in the world. And I think, and I've said out loud, like, how can you not believe in God? And my husband will be like, oh, it's pretty easy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I relate uh, deeply and I vacillate between the like, nothing matters and everything matters too. Right. And I, I think it's because I do want I, I crave for meaning. I crave for purpose. I create, crave for like, and I, I think at this point I'm like, um, at this state, like I grew up in an evangelical space where I felt like, oh, I like, I can't touch my penis because like then it's going to fall off and God's going to like lock it away, you know, zapping it with, I don't know, electric bolts for eternity or something. That's how I felt. And now I'm at a place where, yes, like there is so much beautiful mystery. And I, I I think there's a lot of beauty in the, in the idea of allowing for all types of truths to occur. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm like, I'm at this stage where I'm like, I'm open to any and everything really uh, except Trump. Or anything yeah. in that camp, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same, 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 same. And I think if you were raised to believe that God is a vending machine that mm. gives you good things if you push the right buttons, yes, um, that's, a, that's a hard God to let go of until you push all the right buttons and you don't get what you ordered. Right, right. 
So, I mean, I brought up God because I feel like there's, when we feel like nothing matters, uh, you know, religion or a God or, or, or a power outside of ourselves can bring us um, some solemnity, some mm-hmm. comfort. And I think there's value to that. Uh, and um, I think the, the issue sometimes I struggle with, and I see it in my own family, is especially in Judeo-Christian sort of circles, there's a lot of like righteousness, right? And so like I, so right now in the work that I do, I lead a lot of workshops on empathy and, 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 and a lot of that is about like being still and curiosity and allowing for the, 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 the fact that we as humans should always be shedding what we know mm-hmm. to be open to new perspectives, new ideas, um, examining our bias and assumptions we make of each other, right? And a lot of times in, the, in how it's, how Christianity in my family in particular has been positioned to me is like the opposite of that. It's like coming in with this huge amount of armor and no amount of uh, uh, openness to anything outside. And that to me feels hard and that to me feels sad yeah it is sad it is sad and um there's a book by i think abraham heschel Mm. um a rabbi called i asked for wonder and i think it's so beautiful it's so beautiful i think my mom gave it to me you know, after the fog of having lost, like, you know, her husband, also known as my dad, and my husband, and, you know, this pregnancy, just having, like, all this stuff that, where I did not turn to God at all, by the way. Like, I did mm, not. I did not. I, yeah. I threw up a couple literal Hail Marys being like, will this work? Um, but there was nothing in me in those moments where I thought, like, oh, don't worry. Like, you know, God, God's got, God's got us. I never thought that. Mm. But with perspective, I do, you mentioned like having, like getting outside of yourself is sort of a balm for, you know, the, 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 the worst of your feelings, which mm-hmm. has been very true for me. And mm-hmm. when I look back at that, those years of my life, the years where Aaron was sick, the years after he died, I see God in the people who showed up for us Mm, mm -hmm. and the way that we were held not by some invisible force right like but by like all of the presence of other people unexpected people people that i definitely would not have thought i would have ever leaned on in my life in a situation i never would have anticipated ever being in and i do think you know, when I'm in like what feels like and what I call just the pit of despair, when I just topple into it, the only thing that can pull me out is, I mean, obviously, does a does a does a medication help sometimes? Yes. Um, to sleep. Sometimes do I just need a can snack and a glass of water? Yes, absolutely. But what I really am I need is like some sort of connection mm. and not just sitting like with my headphones on, you know, like listening to a conversation that I had with a person for the podcast, like 
give three weeks ago or four months ago or something, not just like getting on like a Zoom call. I will call a friend on the phone like it's 1997. Love it. I will walk across the cul-de-sac to my neighbor's house. I will like, I will go like roll my phone in a closet and like look into my husband's face, like mm-hmm. fully look into my children's eyes, get down and like play Beyblades with them. Um, so fun. Uh, Legos when they're not being mean to me, they're like, it's not how you build it. Uh, like you, you do have to like it for a melon, for a person with my type of melancholy, like that is the thing that helps is connection. Like it is, it is definitely a lack of connection. I think it is extremely lonely. It was, we were worried about loneliness as an epidemic before the pandemic. We were worried about that, right? Like this increasingly isolated, you're more isolated from your communities. If you even have them anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for all of its, uh, you know, deep, deep cracks and issues, our lives were organized around, communities for generations. So my mom went to a parochial school where like you sat with all the same kids Monday through Friday. You didn't see them on Saturday. You played with them on Saturday in like the street. And then you saw them in church on Sunday. And that's how all their parents, all their parents knew each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And all their parents knew like all of the teachers. Then you went from that school to the same high school where like, again, you knew all the kids and all the parents knew each other's kids. And that is obviously not the case, you know, anymore. I don't know. It's just, I, I feel that kind of loneliness as an adult who has children in the house. Like I'm looking constantly for the thing to like organize our lives around, you know, yeah. besides just our own unit. Yeah. It's crucial. Uh, I, I, I talk about it a lot and I, and at the same times I struggle with it. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mentioned that deeply embarrassing story earlier, and I think that's a, a, a kind of a result of like maybe not being in the world and and being a bit of out of practice because I'm leaning on Zoom, I'm leaning on social media, or uh, just my own head. Uh, and I think what what I come back to again and again is the the beauty of being a mirror for each other and how that can just break open our hearts in ways that that are it's so unexpected i mean it's truly how i as someone who has major depressive disorder who ba- battled anorexia for about 15 years and nearly died who had an abusive father um connection and the empathy and vulnerability that is within connection is how I save my life. Plain and simple. Right. And I, I think that that can be like, you know, uh, etched into like some Instagram worthy, you know, post, but truly that is reality and all of the messiness and, and mushiness that, that is in there. And I think that that brings up a lot of discomfort. And people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's scary. Even, yeah, and even you just like, you know, saying all of that. Like, there's a risk to revealing that to certain people. We have to take that risk in order to be seen and heard and known. 
I, you know, obviously my podcast is called Terrible Thanks for Asking. Do I advocate for you telling your emotional truth to every single person you meet? Of course not, right? Like you, you get to decide who who is worthy of your story, like who hears Brene the truth. Brown says, yeah, 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 and and who's the and who's the like who's the uh, like who's the safe place for it? Like you get mm-hmm. to decide that. Like yes. nobody else. And also, like, I don't know, like, even the thing I told you at the beginning of this, like, I, you know, there's, there's like a couple moms I know down here and, you know, uh, people that I'm, you know, friends with, but, you know, maybe have not like confided a lot in. And uh, we are in these, you know, conversations or have had these conversations where someone has asked, like, so, like, how's it going? Like, it looks like a lot's going on. I'm like, oh my God, like, a couple of weeks ago, I told Matthew I wanted to die and he made me go to a new psychiatrist. And they're like, oh my God, me too. Like, me too. Like, right. Like, mm-hmm. of course. And I just feel so much immense guilt because obviously, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm, everything's great. <laughs> you know, and I've got, I've got kids and I, you know, do I really want to? No, but I just feel so overwhelmed. And I just want, like, you know, a light coma where all of the, the current worries could just be resolved by time. If I were just taken out of the equation, they would have to be resolved by somebody else and nobody could be mad at me yeah. because. You know, it would have all been it would have all been solved while I was being, you know, gently tended to uh, by by a by a series of 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 hopefully good looking doctors um, and mm. and turned like a little rotisserie chicken. Mm, so okay. I don't yeah, get any. So I'm that. not you know unsightly when I emerge from yes. my don't want <laughs> from that. my slumber no. and I'm no. hydrated too. Oh, so I yeah. wake up hydrated. I wake up Your rested. Skin is supple. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it. like. And so we're all carrying, like, maybe not that feeling, but some kind of thought, feeling, experience that we believe is too much mm. for everybody. And it will be too much for some people, you know? It'll be too much for some people, but, like, not for everyone. Not for everyone. And mm. even the people who I think, like, might be like, oh, like, they've got their own thing, too. Like, they've got their own thing that even, like, privately, like, feels to them like oh like oh yeah. i don't want to i don't want to talk about that i want to know i don't even want to know that about myself right <laughs> yes yes um how do you feel like you i mean you're i know you're turning 40 this year mm-hmm. uh in december um yeah. how do you feel like you want to improve in this area for yourself to like maybe yeah. relinquish a little bit of a control and allow for yeah <laughs> oh my god honestly i was reading while i was writing bad vibes only uh and a lot of them are out on my floor like in in, in the closet right now but i have every journal that i've ever written mm-hmm. i have every journal that i've ever written from second grade to the present and when i tell you that this is the most repetitive shit you've ever read I'm like, I open up a journal from college, from studying abroad, and it could have been written a month ago. Yeah. You know, like, you know, am I doing a good job? I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I just, Mm. you know, it's just, it's so boring. It's so boring. It's so boring. May I please grow into new concerns (laughs) and new worries that are somehow outside of staring at my own belly button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah i relate to that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. is that hard to admit no it feels good to admit you know good. i mean i i was i was telling my husband good. the same thing i was like oh my god like this is just so you know everybody tells you youth is wasted on the young and 
40 is young. 41 is young. 50 is young. 60 is young. 70 is young. 45 is not young, though. 45, no. Then you need your own, you need your own league. But, you know, it's like at every point in your life, you can look back at an earlier draft of yourself and be like, holy shit, come on. Like you were doing fine. Or like you can just have so much more compassion. You just have this different perspective for yourself. And, uh, you know, I would, I would tell that 20 year old version of myself, like, just like literally relax. You're doing what 20 year olds do. Like you're going Mm -hmm. to college, you're learning things. Like you are probably an alcoholic and you should go to rehab, but like, you'll, you know, whatever. Um, and I would probably, like, I could tell like my 29 year old self, the same thing, right? It's like, you're, you're just fine. Like you're fine. You're fine and you know what's not fine. And you could take care of that. Like you could take care of that. You know, like you could, you could. Like I didn't go to therapy till, you know, almost a year after my husband died. Like at all, at all, at all. Never, never, mm -mm, no. So what's interesting about that on like a human perspective is like we know the truth of how important it is to like, find that perspective and look back and see like, ah, yeah, I could have done it better or whatever. And we know that that's the path. Like as we get older, like, Oh, 41 year old known. What a dumb, dumb. Right. Uh, and yet like, why can't we, I guess be in that present moment and say, Oh, let's like, let's do that now. Mm -hmm. Like why wait till if 10 years in the future, yeah. like, let's do that now. Have you had moments where you can do that? Because I have. I've read a lot of um, Pema Chodron, right? Mm. A lot of, like, She's Buddhist great. wisdom, which is basically oh, yeah. just, like, wait a second. Okay, just, like, that's what it all comes down to. It's like, just wait. Wait a second. Okay, just shh, 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 shh. Wait. Yeah, slow it down. Wait, wait, wait. And when I can wait, like, compassion will seep in. Like, pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like it, it, you and it it does not I don't even need to wait that long. I'm talking about like minutes between stimulus and response. Minutes. I'm not it doesn't have to be weeks, doesn't have to be days, doesn't even have to be hours. It's like give it a minute. Mm-hmm. Give it a minute. Mm-hmm. Give it a minute. And uh it, like that's happened occasionally recently in recent weeks like when things have been so so stressful and there's so much going on and like, you know, Mistakes are being made left and right, or just things are not being like foreseen. Things are being forgotten. Balls are yeah. dropping. And it's like, okay, it's a podcast. <laughs> like, you're doing great. You're not, you're you're not holding a lot. Trans- you're not doing an organ transplant. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no one, there's no one waiting on the other side of this podcast being like, if I don't get it at midnight, it, oh, like yep. it's, it's literally not that serious. And if I can get there quicker, I can save myself, you know, the agony of the years I spent at the mercy of uh, how my performance was received by mm-hmm. other people. I also like, I came up professionally. I'm wondering what you did professionally before this, but it's like, I worked in advertising and PR and marketing where I saw this TikTok by, you know, probably a girl like in her 20s, probably a Gen Z. And it was like, no, ma'am, no, it is not a fire drill. We work in marketing. And 
I wish that I had had that simple sentence Mm. when I was in my early 20s because I was birthed into a corporate culture um, where one millennials were already like, it was like, you're lazy. Like you're just lazy. We all, we already know this about you. So we were working constantly. We had no work-life balance. There were no boundaries and, you know, mistakes were truly like absolutely unacceptable. Like I remember having bosses say like repeatedly, this is unacceptable. And it's like, I mean, it's miss, it's a sentence missing a period. Yeah. Like, I think, we just update the word doc and resend it. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, I think, like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to accept this as the final, but it's like, it, this is unacceptable. It is unacceptable as though you Oof. had like, you know, or um, getting emails that said like subject line 911. And it's like, this is a banner ad that someone's going to X out of before yeah. they get to the thing they really wanted to get to on the internet. Or my husband was, it, not my husband yet, but he was my my boyfriend and he was getting a brain surgery and someone, an executive at the ad agency that I worked at, dropped a laptop off at the hospital for me so I could work on a pitch That's gross. Isn't that gross? And I did Super it. Super gross. I yeah. did it. No, of course you did. I didn't have any questions. Yeah. That's the path. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's capitalism. That's this idea that like, the stuff we do is our value, Mm -hmm. uh, you know? And I I think that's, um, in my mind, that's deeply flawed. Yeah. So, like, I relate less to that, you know, because in my early 20s, like, I wanted to be, like, Hemingway. So I was drinking a lot and writing a lot, and I moved to New York, and I drove around the country, and I, I worked on a fishing boat, and I did a lot of that stuff, lived out of my car for a while, um, and then I, you know, found many different jobs, but, um, yeah, so I, I don't relate to that, Yeah. but I see it, I see mm-hmm. it everywhere and it's toxic Yeah. and it's dehumanizing. It really is. It really is. I'm so proud of you for doing that. I wanted to be a writer, but I did not have any sort of like faith in myself and like my ability to make it happen. So I was like, I need security. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a job. I hate. I'm going to get another job. I hate after I've mastered that job, I'll get a level up at the same thing that I hate. Well, I have some news for you, Nora. You are a writer. You've published many, many a book, uh, which is amazing. So like, you you know, I've read all of your books at this point. Um, actually, I don't think I've read bad moms. I I didn't read that, but uh, I recommend it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so I, yeah. good. I need yeah. to pick it up. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, in your earlier books, you you do cover you know the the loss of Aaron and your father and the miscarriage and those three things happening in close succession with one another, which is just whew, big, deep grief. And I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you. Sorry that happened. I do wonder for you, how do you feel? How do you feel like that grief has impacted your own capacity for empathy and what empathy Oh, I think means? it invented. I mean, I, I I will say I was always a sympathetic person. Mm-hmm. I was always a sympathetic person. So I could always feel bad for someone. I could always feel bad for somebody because yeah. pity is cheap. It is a free emotion and I am from the Midwest and I love a deal. So you could just sprinkle that shit on anything, right? I feel bad <laughs> for you. I feel bad for you. That made me sad. 
And when you're on the receiving end of pity, you realize how dehumanizing it is, right? It just Mm. sort of minimizes a person into a sad story. And I hated that feeling for Aaron because he was so alive and so joyful and so buoyant. And the minute he was diagnosed with, you know, stage four incurable brain cancer, oh, oh. And this is like in the era of like uh, four square. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like we could literally see all of his friends hanging out without us, mm. like blocks from our house. Everyone's yeah. at brunch. He still eats brunch, guys. He still eats brunch. Yeah. You know, uh, we'd have to be like, we would see that. Um, and when bad things happen to other people and you can keep them at a distance, it's easy. It's just, it's just easier to feel bad for somebody. It's harder to feel with somebody. I feel like once we became other people, I could feel deeply with another person. Mm-hmm. I really could. Mm-hmm. And empathy to me is just like imagination. It's having a good imagination. It. Yeah. It's it's like, it's truly just like, oh, wow. Like I can see how, how, how that might feel, right? Like I can imagine, I can put myself in your shoes um, and it's more nuanced. It, I feel like it, it kind of made that almost, not always, because like I'm still an asshole like any other person at, at various times uh, during the day, but like it has made that more of, more, more of a default setting for mm-hmm. me, more mm-hmm. of a default setting. And you know, that's why I started the podcast. I got so many messages from other people who were going through something similar or something very, very different. Yeah. But that, right, that felt, that could feel with me this yes. experience. And I just thought, holy shit, like, I am not special. Look at all of these other people going through something. Like, what do I do with? What What do I do with this inbox? And it became this, this podcast so that- yeah. The people that we talk to, most of whom are just like, you know, not, you know, not, we do talk to some authors and some like, you know, notable like people, but we also mostly 99% of the time talk to just regular people who get to own their story, tell their story, yeah, like the way that they want to tell it. And uh, we really do it with them. We do the interview. Uh, we write like an episode, but every person who goes on our podcast sees it before it comes out. Mm, So they do like a, they do a fact check and an emotional fact check because Mm, like, mm -hmm. I want, I want to make sure that the story that everybody feels good about having been on the show. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I, the, the first thing you mentioned about sort of the four square bit, I think what's hard about that and so relatable too is it's uncomfortable to sit with and be witness to pain and struggle because it makes us think about our own fallibility and our own demise or, or this could happen to me, right? And the work of empathy is about, I think you're right, it's about imagination and it's about allowing ourselves to really decenter ourselves for a moment. And, and and be s- still and listen and be curious and reflect and, yeah, allow for our stories to relate to other stories, right? Mm-hmm. What about empathy for yourself? How are you at that? 
Oh, bad. You know, bad. Just bad. Generally bad. Well, the the truth, Nora, and I believe this, and I wonder if you believe it too, like, I feel like real empathy work requires us to go inward before we go outward. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, like, do know. you like, yeah. and by that, I mean, like, when I want to show, like, when I want to show up for someone and be present, like, I, I need to know, like, my own boundaries. I need to know, like, and be in tune with, like, what fills up my heart and where my strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and that's empathy work. Like, that's me getting to know myself and understanding, like, more about me and the more i do that the more i can be authentically in front of someone else and be witness to their story because i am i've done work right Mm -hmm. i like i've done that work of knowing myself i've done that work of maybe even loving myself whatever way that looks um because otherwise like how are we going to show up for people if we're just Because then it's become like, it's a little bit of like us showing up with maybe being a chameleon, which I don't think is we want either. We need to be still our authentic selves in the face of other people uh, and their own stories and vulnerabilities. Yeah, I I guess I I don't disagree. Hmm. Um, I also think like, uh, if I had to live with that much, like uh, constant awareness of myself every day, like, I don't know how I would do anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I really don't, I don't know how I would like get out of bed. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would say, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with any of it. I probably just need to sit with that concept a little longer. Well, you're in touch with your feelings. Mm-hmm. When like big feelings come up, like what what is your go to response? I I'd cry like, <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 yeah. No, I like I, I will immediately feel them. Like I immediately feel how I feel. Like mm-hmm. I really do. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, and I'm still working on that, like the stimulus and response too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm still working on that. And I think that is like kind of that's like that is like that will be like the work of of my lifetime. But I will also say like I am I'm a good crisis person. You know, my own crisis somebody else's like I can very quickly um I can very quickly compartmentalize. Our kid broke his arm like on the second to last day of school, second to last day of preschool. And he was so excited to be able to mm. do water day. He had to miss water day. Cause he had a water cast. day. Yeah. What is water like, day? They, they get to spray each other. I think with a hose all day. Oh. I don't know what it is, but it's like you know, they have baby pools. It's an Arizona like it's, thing. Yeah. It's water day. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what he's like. I have to miss water day. You know, but it's like, I like, I get the call to school from school. He's hurt. He's always hurt. I was like, okay, okay. I head up there and he's like, 
gray. I was like, oh, he's really hurt, you know? Mm. And it's just like, I can, I can just like, oh, okay. Now we're in a waiting room for like six hours waiting for somebody to see him, even though he's already gotten a, an x-ray and his arm is broken. Okay. Now he needs surgery. Now we're spending the night in the hospital. Now we're doing, you know, it's like, I can do, uh, if, if somebody else around me, if they're like, their life is falling apart in any way, like call me, I can like snap into action and, you know, see things really, really clearly. And I also know that like, there will be for sure a come down from that. And I will feel it all later. I know that October is like October, November, really October is the worst month for me. Like I, I had a, I had a miscarriage. My dad died five days later. And that's like, when we knew, we knew without knowing Aaron was dying. Like we just knew it was bad. That was a bad month. November was terrible too. I'm not, I'll be making the podcast in November. I I may be doing one event in November. I'm going to be home for November. I always am. Um, October, I'm touring the whole time. I'm touring the whole time. And I just know that I will get back from the tour and I will like crash hard. You know, like I will be like, I will be like in the dumps that first week of November, I really will. I will be just a wreck. And I just know that my husband knows that like, you know, every, everybody, everybody works with me knows that they're like, okay, like we're going to keep it light. Like these few weeks, like, ah, this thing came in. I think we maybe shouldn't do it. You know, like, I don't think we should probably do that. Um, and the day, the death adversaries are always easier. It's the anticipation of it. And it's like Mm. that sense memory too, Mm -hmm. of like, your, your body does remember like that time of year and like what things were like. And, you know, it'll be eight years and I can like still sort of like feel like October and November, yeah. like right here for sure. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's very beautiful that you are, you have awareness of the fact that like I have this tour I got to get through it. I'm excited about it. It's beautiful. I'm it's so wonderful. Excited, I'm yeah. I'm putting on a face in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. And that's my protection. That's my uh, that's the thing. That's the that's the role I'm playing in this month. And then the awareness of like, okay, I gotta I gotta feel the feelings. I gotta yeah. I mean, because it was this book this. was supposed to come out in July, not October. Right. Right. Yeah. They ran out of paper, so it got moved to October. You know, it's like that was not it wasn't the plan. Like we're rolling with it, and you know, I also like. Uh, it also sort of fits, right? It's called Bad Vibes Only. It does. We're doing fit. like we're touring it with the podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, it, makes uh, sense. it, yeah, it just like it all does, like it all does fit together. So, you talk about like you know being there for your kiddo, you know, on on non water day or water day. Um, do you feel like you're a good mom? No, I mean sometimes yes. I also think like what I know from almost every parent that I've met is like, you're just constantly feeling like you are messing it up and you are right. Like, and you can't anticipate it. I had a conversation again with my mom this morning. She's like, we just didn't know. No one knew that, you know, in the nine, no one knew. How would we know? You know, don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And everyone's doing their best. And I truly do believe that for like 99% of parents. And uh, I do think, you know, most of us are actually doing a better job than we think of. And I think we are. And I also think that even the act of, 
you know, critiquing your own parenting or even criticizing your own parenting shows some, I mean, it shows a lot of awareness um, and a willingness, right? Because there were generations of people who never, ever fucking thought about it, ever, could not have given it. Like parenting was not a verb for a, a long time. It was, it was not a verb. It was literally like a thing you did. It was a task that you checked off. You had a child. These kids are just our, uh, you know, helpers. Yeah. Our helpers, our property, uh, our, you know, like that's, that's, that's what it was. So, um, I will say that I, I do a very good job. I do a very good job of helping my kids identify their feelings. Um, and also, pointing out my feelings and when I am uh, expressing them incorrectly, I apologize to my kids when I'm wrong. Mm, you know what I mean? Like last that. night I couldn't get something to print. Have you ever tried to use a printer? Printers like, are the worst. Are kidding me? It's like every <clears throat> label printed fine, except we were in the last 30 names I needed to print and the last sheet of labels. Okay. So imagine the symmetry, right? We're finished with this thing at the very last and it just printed backwards, like out of nowhere. Why? 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 And I like lost and you know, Ralph's like, oh, you know, I was like, Ralph, I'm so sorry. This has nothing to do with you. It's so scary when an adult yells, like, I'm so sorry. And, you know, I'm just mad about this thing that is so dumb and doesn't really matter, but it's just because I'm frustrated about all these other things, which mm. also don't really matter. He's like, Yeah, I, I know it's like and you think when you yell, it'll like help you feel better, and then it just really makes you feel worse. And I was like, Exactly, oh, dude. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, and I, I don't remember any adult ever apologizing to me. Yeah. You know? Same. So. Yeah. I think you're doing great. Yeah. I think you you're know, doing we're, great. We're all doing our best. But, and I think it's also really interesting to like ask your kids, like, um, like what, like, are you getting like, do, is there anything else you need from me? Like, is there something I could be oh, doing I better? Love that. That's you know beautiful. what I mean? Yeah. Um, You've asked and, your kids that? Yeah, yeah. 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 What have they said? Uh, oh, put down your phone. <laughs> okay, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, that is like, I'm like, I do not want the abiding memory of my children's childhood to be the top of my head because I'm mm. like, what the fuck am I even looking at? Who cares? Yeah. You know, yeah. like it can wait. It can wait. So. Pamela Chodron, it can wait. It can wait. Take a minute. Take a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, Bad Vibes Only is out October 11th. Is that right? Yes. Yep. October 11th. And you're touring with Terrible Thanks for Asking, the Bad Vibes mm-hmm. Only tour. Uh, I know you're coming to LA. Maybe I yeah, should on get the tickets. 11th. On the 11th. On the 11th. Wow. On the 11th. Um, yes. Maybe the I'll Regent's get tickets. Theater. The Regent yes. Theater. Yes, I've been there. It's a lovely theater. Yeah. yeah. It's really cute. Yeah. It's exciting. Excited. San Francisco on October 7th, Seattle on the 9th, Portland on the 10th. And then I'm doing a couple of bookstore events all over. And then Philadelphia, Brooklyn, D.C., Boston, Toronto, Chicago, Minneapolis. Another week of bookstore events. And then I'm home. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, well, uh, listeners, uh, buy the book. It's, it's lovely. Um, we need to support our authors and writers, and especially authors and writers who are Writing about stuff that matters, writing about feelings and real human mushiness. It's important. Um, and, you know, good vibes only. No, there's no, no, that does, no. That's, that's not a thing. Let's, no, there's let's, nothing, let's, nothing makes me feel less welcome in someone's home than that, than that home goods sign. I'm always like, oh, okay. It's that, or for me, it's, uh, 
coffee, espresso, Jesus, or whatever. Love, Jesus, and espresso. It's some combination of those things. <laughs> Jesus, uh, honestly, famously loved espresso. Loved it. He was like, not he a drip w- guy. Not no, a drip no, guy. No, no, okay. No. He was very like snooty about his coffee. Yeah. Don't talk to Jesus until he's had his coffee. Yes. <laughs> yes. After he has his coffee, he washes the feet, but not before. Not not until I've had my coffee. Okay. Yeah. Live, love, yeah. love. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh well we'll we'll plug uh the the links and stuff in a moment here. We always wrap up the show, Nora, mm. talking about our empathy heroes. So mm. people in our lives who are compassionate, feely, empathetic yeah. humans. Uh, it could be characters from stories we love or movies we love. Uh, I will go first to give you a moment to reflect on your empathy hero. My empathy hero this week is Frederick T. Joseph. Uh, he is the author of Patriarchy Blues um, and someone I follow on Instagram. Uh, just a wonderful, uh, uh, bright spot in in the world. And he wrote this quote that I love, uh, and it says, "You are more than the, uh, you are more than the trauma you have endured, and you can be more than the trauma you have caused." Mm. Uh, and I just love that. And um, yeah, give Frederick T. Joseph a follow on Instagram. Uh, read his books, Patriarchy Blues. I think is his second book, um, but he has another book coming out shortly. Um, yeah. Frederick T. Joseph is my empathy hero this week. How about oh, you, Nora? I love that. That was a beautiful quote. This week, it's Ralph. Um, mm, love it. We're having this conversation. Uh, bedtime conversations are my favorite. And he was explaining to me that there's been like some friendship drama in his friend group in fourth grade. And he said, I told both of these kids, uh, I'm not on any side. I'm not on any side because you have your side. And he has his side. And mm. somewhere in the middle, there's the truth. Mm-hmm. Ralph said this. Ralph said this. I was like, wow. He's nine. He's nine. And I was like, that's really mature of you. And he's like, again, yeah, it just doesn't feel good to get in the middle of a conflict. And you talk about knowing yourself and like knowing yourself allows you to come to like, I do not know many adults who could say that. That's profound. To another person, to their face. Like, I, I like you both. I'm not going to get into it. Like, I know you each have your own side. Um, but, wow. I was wow. I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Um, <laughs> like, That's amazing. Wow. Right? Fourth grader, too. Fourth grade, yeah. Tales of the fourth grade nothing. Have you Tales read that? Of fourth grade's, uh, t- yes. So Judy good. Bloom, right? Yeah, Judy Bloom. Yes. So oh, the best. The best. She also wrote, like, I didn't even realize that she wrote adult books. She wrote books for adults. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Same with Raul Dahl. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, maybe not books. Maybe it was more okay. um, short stories. Wow. I, I, I had no idea. I had yeah. no idea. I know. Hmm. I know. I mean, you could see it with Dahl because he, he did have like a dark sensibility. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, anyways, I could talk books all day long. Nora. Yeah. Um, big book nerd over here. Jessica, my wife and I had yeah. a book themed wedding. Oh, I love that. And you'll appreciate this. We met in 2007 on Goodreads. That's how we met. Okay, I got to talk to you about that. I got to <laughs> I I I think I'm going to make a podcast about people's relationships because 
Um, I'm actually on my way. I got to go to the airport right now because I'm flying to officiate a wedding for some listeners. Oh my God. Wow. And they've got a really freaking cute love story. And I got to go pack my kit because I didn't ask them, but I'm going to hopefully uh, record their wedding. So Beautiful. Beautiful. hopefully they're cool with that. So that'll be cool. They'll be cool with that. Um, all right. Well, uh, Nora, where can everyone connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. You can find my website is noraborealis.com, like the Aurora Borealis, which is also my Instagram because obviously I'm a senior millennial. We had screen names, baby. We did not use our real names on the internet. No, no, no. Uh, the podcast is wherever you get your podcast or at ttfa.org, which is also where you can uh, get tickets to any of our tour dates. We'd love to see you. And you can pre-order or order Bad Vibes Only wherever you get books. Obviously, extra points for ordering it from an independent bookstore. I like to just pick a random bookstore from another city and order books sometimes. Um, yeah. And any bookstore will um, will order a book for you if they don't have it. Love it. Yeah. Which is a, a fun thing to do. Bookshop.org is also a great uh, resource, mm-hmm. um, supports local bookstores. Well, listeners, all those links will be in the show notes at feelyhuman.co. Uh, Nora, what a what a joy, what a delight you are. Um, thank you for being on Same, same. What a good conversation. Thank you for being You're a welcome. part of my morning with a dog vomiting and Love two it. kids I, homesick outside the door. I mean, you're just showing up with your full full self, full Still human Still in my self. pajamas from two days ago. So Love the jams. Love the jam jams. Uh, you know listener. what the shirt says? It says, someone dead loves me. Love it. Love it. And I'm wearing my Fiona Apple t-shirt. Oh, hell yeah. Um, well, listeners, as I always say, I'm here, you're here. We're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, awe-inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's you, me, empathy. Empathy.